G'day everyone and welcome to another 100 Things Fireside where we interview an industry expert, a guru, a professional in a hot topic area of the world of bucket lists so that you can walk away with some gems of wisdom to apply to your own goals. Now, this week's edition is all about flying, how to become a pilot. And we are speaking with an incredible guy called Ryan Campbell, one of Australia's top 50 adventurers, explorers. At the age of 15, Ryan celebrated his birthday by flying a plane by himself for the first time. He then, at the age of 19, circumnavigated the world in a single engine plane by himself. Incredible. Later in his career, he unfortunately had a crash. He went into hospital as a paraplegic and has since rebounded to still fly and teach others how to do the same thing. Ryan's going to be sharing every ounce of wisdom he has, including how to finance something. And you'll be so surprised at how accessible becoming a pilot actually is. Thank you for being here. We hope you enjoy. And uh, here we go. Uh, Ryan, how are you, buddy? I'm good, thanks, Seb. How are you doing? I'm I'm great. Thank you so much for uh, for doing this. I know you do a lot of this stuff, so I appreciate you coming on board. You are more than welcome, mate. More than welcome. So I, I gave a bit of an intro. You're you've done plenty in the world of flying, and it's fascinating. Um, and I guess what I'm interested in is, and I ask this all the time at the beginning of these fireside chats. What was the first moment that you were interested, or you realised, hey, flying is cool. I want to get into that. Was there a moment? Yeah, there, there really was a, a clear cut moment. And believe it or not, I was, I was six years old when it happened. And it was on a, uh, an airliner, Boeing 737. And it was the first time I'd ever been on an airplane and the first time that my family had ever traveled overseas, including my mum and dad. And we jumped on this 737. We took off out of Sydney, uh, headed for an island in the Pacific, headed to Vanuatu. And honestly, it was from the very get-go. It was the excitement all that stuff that builds up in a six-year-old uh, kid's head, sitting by the window, watching the uh, ground disappear and looking at all the houses, just blown away by the size of Sydney, blown away that all the roofs uh, throughout Sydney were red. I remember that being a thought uh, and blown away that we could actually uh, fly amongst the clouds. I have no idea at six what I thought uh, actually happened when you went flying, but I remember that being a real key moment. Um, so at six years old, that first flight, and being prior to September 11, uh, we were actually invited up to the cockpit yeah. and just being that, you know, little set of eyes staring at all the buttons and the switches and honestly looking at the pilots as they turn around and talk to us as just like gods. And <laughs> yeah. man, it was from that day on, it was, it was just a fact that I would do it eventually. I remember, it's so funny you say that. I remember as a kid being allowed into the cockpit with my dad and uh, the pilot allowed me to like, there's like a little joystick thing and I went to the left and then I went to the right and the plane went like that. It went left and right. And to this day, I'm not, maybe you can answer this. I'm not sure whether I did that or whether he was playing a game. I have no idea. I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, depending on what airplane it was, sure. It, it could be well and truly exactly that. So well, I mean, it's, it's not rocket science, but that's cool. And I think gone are the days of that level of accessibility to aviation where, you know, you get to experience it firsthand, you know, the fences are higher and yeah. at the airports and the doors are locked, but um, I was lucky enough. And, and as were you by the sounds of it to be around at that point in time. Yeah. So, okay. So you're inspired at six on a plane, no doubt. That's phenomenal. I, I get it. Um, and then what, at what point, and, did you go, Oh, I want to be a pilot. What was it then? And if so, did you have a specific goal? We, did you see these guys in their hats and their ironed white shirts and you were like, I want to be a commercial pilot or what, what was then kind of the, the process? Cause goal setting, you know, is obviously something that I'm, I'm intrigued with. Yeah. And, and likewise I am too. And a huge part 
uh, of my childhood was telling people that I wanted to be uh, three things. I wanted to fly a jumbo jet. So I wanted to fly a Boeing 747 and I wanted to fly a jumbo jet for Qantas. I wanted to live in Canberra in Australia <laughs> for some reason. And now I don't know why. And I wanted to own a Subaru WRX. So for me as a young kid, that was my perfect adult life. Um, but I wanted to be an airline pilot. I wanted to fly the jumbo jet and I wanted to fly for Qantas. And um, that was the dream. So yes, I, being a young kid, aspired to the biggest and the baddest and uh, the wildest of, of the airliners. That was the dream. Right. Uh, did you get a WRX, by the way? I didn't get a WRX and thank goodness I didn't live in Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So this, these firesides are for people who have this you know, ambition of becoming a pilot, of course, for this particular fireside. Now, on a couch... It sat down having not done even taken one step in that direction it might seem quite daunting and and i don't know whether because it's it's a path that's less traveled or it's less obvious but it seems as though there's like a you know the accessibility to becoming a pilot is is hard and perhaps that's not like i almost want to debunk that myth like what yeah. what is that what is the first step perhaps that you took and what is the first step that people on a couch or listening to this right now could actually take to get one step closer to getting in a cockpit yeah. flying. 100%. This, this is the most important part of this whole chat. I, I know it already. So if this is the only part you watch and then you go and you know switch to Netflix, that's fine. This <laughs> is the most important part. And every part of my uh, you know journey and the people I met surrounding the round the world flight, this was the most frequently asked and answered question. Uh, that is when and how do you start the process of learning to fly? Here's the story, my backstory to give you an idea of where I think the challenge is with having the general population understand that anyone can fly an airplane or a helicopter. It is so hard to gather the, to, to know the answers. It's hard to know the, the laws, the rules, the regulations. When can you first start learning? When can you first fly on your own? When can you take buddies? When can you have a private or a commercial license and so forth? I wanted to be a pilot since I was six and I, I didn't stop talking about it. I actually had an uncle who was a commercial pilot. He owned a, a little joy flight business uh, in a small Australian coastal town. And he had a flying instructor that worked out of his same building. So he had somebody right next to him who could teach me to fly. Regardless of the fact that he knew I wanted to learn, he wasn't aware of really the, the legal ages of how young you could be when you started lessons. Uh -huh. So it was left to me to work it out. So through common sense at, 13 i thought you know what i'm gonna to have to get a job because it's going to be expensive and i'm going to have to at least have a driver's license you know be 17 18 before i can fly an airplane that was common sense yeah despite my family background in aviation my dad wanted to fly my granddad flew uh, when he was alive my brothers wanted to fly i found out that you could fly an airplane on your own in australia for the very first time at 15 through reading a newspaper article wow so, isn't I, and this is, I had family in aviation, but I still found that out through a newspaper article. So when so, I was 14, sorry. It's so interesting. 15. Cause you think yeah. you're too young. You've got to, you know, I would have thought, well, 18 at least, uh, exactly. get going, yeah. but you can fly at 15 by yourself. Exactly. And, and the fact that you can, and that's in Australia in recreational aviation. So we'll talk about a few of the different categories of flying, but at 15 or 16, uh, depending on where you're learning, you can fly an airplane on your own. So I read this article about this kid who flew an airplane all by himself at, at 15 and I was jealous and, 
and I was just full of envy and I read the article over and over again. I kept replacing his name with mine. And I just took that. If he can do it, why can't I attitude? Um, I even found an after school job. Then I found a weekend job and I funded my own flying lessons. My first goal talking about goal setting was actually to fly solo on my 15th birthday. And I made that happen. So uh, my biggest frustration with the aviation industry and maybe it is the uniqueness of, of flying an airplane or a helicopter is that those who want to do it simply don't understand how accessible it is at such a young age. Once you understand that it opens up a whole world of opportunity. That is amazing. And I love it because you just decided, so you had your goal and then you just did some proactive research and then you realize like most things I would suggest it's very doable. It just yeah. requires action. So you did your research, 15, you set the goal, I want to fly at 15 solo, which you did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, there's so many good things in there. You also mentioned it's expensive. Um, well, I think you did. I, I'm kind of curious as to that because again, my, without knowing to me, I think, oh, it must be expensive to, you know, to, to get a, a pilot license. Is it yeah. or is that a myth? I think it all depends on what you think expensive is. I I think it is expensive to a point, but it's also very affordable and achievable because it's a large expense spread out over a long period of time. So let's just say right now we live in a world where the facts of how to learn to fly and all of that good stuff is so accessible. So if you jump on Google and you look up the total cost, you just look up the average cost of a private pilot's license. I Googled this right before we jumped on. It says about 10,000 bucks. Now it really ranges. It could be anywhere from 6,000 to 15,000 just depends on where you learn to fly. But here's what I have told every young person that I've ever, uh, you know, cross path with in my life, forget the total cost, look at the per hour cost. Mm. So if it's between 155 and 170 as per Google and Google's always right to go for a one hour flying lesson, that's what you truly need to know. Mm. So when I was 14, I didn't have, Ten, ten, fifteen thousand dollars. What I had was an after-school job that allowed me to earn. Uh, it was about forty-five dollars a week from my supermarket job and fifty dollars a weekend from my washing trucks job. So I had one hundred ninety dollars per two weeks, and a flying lesson was one hundred eighty. So every two weeks, I'd put all my money into my flying lesson. I'd have ten bucks left over, and I was getting an hour of flying. It's really important. I love that. If finance is a limiting factor for you, and it is for most people, don't let it be the limit to you learning to fly. Have a look at your local flight school. Uh, now, it doesn't matter whether you want to fly little ultralights or you know trikes or whether you f- want to fly powered parachutes or helicopters or airplanes. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm. You could fly a fancier airplane, a bit cheaper airplane. Find out the per hour rate and split it in half make sure you're flying once every two weeks because that's what will allow you to retain the last lessons, uh, you know, information and not forget it all. So make sure you're flying every two weeks, split that cost in half, add a little bit for say some log books and some extra little items here and there or a flight that goes a little bit longer and set that as your rough budget. I promise you that if you can earn $150 a week, you can learn to fly. Oh, that is amazing. I feel silly. I haven't done this myself. Um, in that budget, I think this is a crucial question. Were there a pair of aviator sunglasses? Absolutely zero chance in the world. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed. So, okay. So can you, so 15 in Australia, legally you're allowed to fly by yourself, meaning that you can start 
beforehand uh, yeah, training. Yeah. And I, and I want to kind of figure out um, or learn, understand what that training is. Now, not to give us the textbook of what you went through, but I'm, I'm assuming there's a lot of theory. There's a lot of, is it ground school? Is that what they call it? And then there's the flight yeah. school. What, what can someone, again, who's interested now is suddenly like, wow, all I need is 150 bucks every other week. Yeah. Um, can they, do you, do you go straight into a plane? What actually happens? Yeah. So the coolest part of uh, learning to fly is, I believe, is that first day that you get to take control of an airplane. So you talked about rocking a wing left and right. It's called a trial instructional flight uh, for the most part. So it's that first lesson that you go and you run. It's not an hour. It's probably half an hour, 45 minutes, depending on where you go. You'll sit with the instructor. You'll get a little bit of a basic idea of what you're going to do, but mainly it's all about putting you in the airplane or the helicopter and letting you just experience it. That's what's going to hook you. Then you can decide whether or not that's something you want to pursue. There is a flying component, obviously, and there's a theory component. What I find, uh, especially for someone, say like my dad, uh, a man who didn't learn to fly until he was in his fifties, the theory component uh, scares a lot of people away. Now you've got to think that, it all depends on what type of flying you want to do. If you want to fly privately and just fly for fun on the weekends, you can get a private pilot's license or a recreational pilot's license. That's a whole lot less theory than if you want to go through and get your airline pilot's license or your commercial pilot's license. So the further you go in the journey, there's obviously more and more theory, but it's all achievable theory. You don't have to be an Einstein to turn around and, and tackle it. Okay. All right. So then I want to know again for someone who's like, right, I'm going to save up 150 bucks for my first lesson. Um, is there anything you can do in the meantime to help? Uh, yeah. And I don't know what that is. Like, you know, in my eyes, is watching Top Gun helpful? Uh, or I'm assuming it's not. Uh, <laughs> or maybe it is. Um, what, what else can you do? Are you learning about, I don't know, weather patterns? Are you learning about the alphabet? You know how they're like yeah, alpha, yeah. phonetic drop. alphabet? Yeah. What's it called? <laughs> Uh, it's the phonetic alphabet. Phonetic. Alpha Bravo Charlie, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you do the whole, I'm not going to ask you to, but can you do it all? Yeah, 100%. And if you want to practice it, the best tip that I was ever given is to learn it roughly. And then as you drive down the road, look at every license plate or number plate, as we would call it, you know, or tag on your car and call out as they drive past, call out their license plate, you know, right. in the phonetic alphabet and you'll know it before, uh, before too long at all. So that's something someone can do right away, I'm sure. Um, what, any other tips that yeah. people should be doing? There's heaps. And here's the deal. It, you know, when I learned to, uh, took my first flying lesson, uh, I was 14. Um, so it must've been around about 2008. And it was a different world even in 2008 than it is today. With the way that social media works in the aviation industry and just in the world in general, it is unending what you can read and learn about. Yep. Where there's, there's two parts. If you want to be educated, you can go and buy all the theory books and you can read to, you, to your heart's content. You can Google and learn and, and, you know, soak up all that information and it will help you. If you just want to maintain inspiration and drive, I, it's unending. So there's all these flying groups now, the Bush Flying Group, the Flying Cowboys. There's mm -hmm. associations such as AOPA or the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association of America and, and that spreads around the world, including Australia all these different avenues of inspiration. One, I will say for all the people who are watching this right now on August 18th this year. Uh -huh. So just a couple of weeks away, Microsoft are launching their new flight simulator and it's the first time they've released it in 15 years. It is the most incredible 
tool and just sim I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not a big simulator guy uh-huh. that in itself for 50 or a hundred dollars, it has little kind of, you know, flight lessons within it. You can learn the basics. It is incredible. It will never be a substitute for flying lessons. So don't think that you can just get flight simulator and then go and jump in an airplane. That's uh-huh. the disclaimer. Uh-huh. Um, but there are, there is an endless world of inspiration, information um, to keep you kind of driven and then, you know, get the ball rolling, especially for those who don't quite have the finances yet to commit to actual, you know, one hour flying lessons. It seems so attainable the way you, you speak about it. And uh, yeah. again, so a flying simulator of some sort is helpful. I mean, that yeah. we actually, we had an episode of my show. We um, took a guy who loved playing a car game, a racetrack car game. Uh, and his favorite track was the, the Formula One Belgian track. And his favorite mm-hmm. car was the Nissan GTR. And we actually took him over there, gave him that car. And we raced around the actual F1 track. It was amazing. This And I did it too. I was awful. This guy was unbelievable and never <laughs> driven a fast car in his life. And it just showed that from the game, he picked up a lot. And again, it's yeah. not a direct substitute, but yeah. Oh, that's yeah it's, it's all about exposure. And uh, my, one of my brothers was the last of our family to learn to fly. And he learned to fly really quickly compared to the rest of us. And that was because he had sat in with us in the airplane, all sorts of different airplanes, fast and slow, ones that went high, one that, you know, ones that went low, all, all kinds of uh, aircraft. He had sat in and watched. He'd been exposed to the aviation world and that had helped him pick it up faster. So right. if you, another thing that you can't look past as great as technology is sometimes we need to get off our phone. So go to the local airport, find your local flying club, your local aero club and go and socialize. You will find that they'll put you in an airplane. They'll take you for a fly. Um, you'll start to get a, a bit of a taste and, and get to know the community. Oh, so good. Mate, this is brilliant. I'm I, <laughs> truly like I'm inspired by yeah. this. I, I feel like I should, I'm not just saying this. I feel like I'm going to go and do this. Well, I'm going to make it. I'm, and this is the thing, right? If you're sitting on the couch right now and you're like, you know what? Yeah, this is me. This is me. Inspiration like that is phenomenal. And, and that's all as speakers, you know, we do day to day. It's so hard to not fall off that wagon. So my advice to every single person is to get on the phone right now. And I'm going to make you do this. I'm going to force you to do this. Mm. I have bought gift certificates for people before so that they can complete their trial instructional flight. Go to your local airport, book a trial instructional flight. It's 200 bucks. So it's a ticket to a really nice concert. It's a, it's an expensive dinner out. And if you do it and you don't ever, ever pursue another flying lesson, you never get in a little airplane again that has still been an experience like going to a concert or a theme park, but it also may be the catalyst that changes your life and, and builds this whole new world of uh, aviation into you, into your life. So, and, and, and your path obviously is very unique and incredible, but you circumnavigated the world at what age? I was 19. So we flew an airplane that looks just like this. Um, Yeah. We flew a, a four seat, a single engine aircraft called a Cirrus. So you could actually learn to fly in a very similar airplane to this. Uh, that is the aircraft that, that I flew solo around the world. Wow. And the incredible thing for me is, you know, you, you were 19. So that pathway to being able to fly around the world, which yeah. is, you know, that's just something that I think probably everyone dreams of doing. You're able to do that in such a short amount of time to get from yeah. novice yeah. Beginner to, I can fly a plane around the world by myself. I mean, that's, just phenomenal. And, and I mean, there's so much to speak about that. Uh, what, one question is, uh, this is a little bit kind of uh, not related, but what's the hardest thing about flying? 
I, in my head, it's landing. Is that right? Honestly, and I really want to just grab that last point you said and expand on it before we forget. Yeah. And it kind of relates. Uh, I think one of the hardest parts of flying is the finance, to be honest. Any skill that we want to learn, you know, for the most part, we can learn it. You know, if we work hard enough, some people pick it up faster than the others and, and so forth. But the financial aspect of flying, it's very hard to invest in something that's not necessarily tangible. Yes, you have a skill set that you can go and use if you jump in an airplane, but it is kind of hard on the wallet at times. There are a number of ways, especially here in the US, that you can go and obtain your pilot's license to a commercial level ready for employment through a college uh, or a, a college, I suppose, or at home in Australia University. You can do this all throughout the world. There's plenty of airlines that offer cadetships and different ways that you can uh, jump through programs that put you in a position to fly. Yep. That comes with in many cases, a, a debt. It comes with a, a form of student loan and you have to pay that off over time. And that's fine. It's a very good way, very proven uh, for a lot of people. For those who are young enough right now or parents who have kids who may want to pursue this, if you take the road, and I'm an advocate for this, if you take the road of learning to fly at say 14, 15, 16, you can, and I'm the perfect example of that, you can fund it yourself through a little bit of hard work. Uh, I washed dishes for years at a, a local restaurant and paid all my flying off. I had a commercial pilot's license by the time I was 18, just when I left high school. So I had the equivalent of a college degree by the time I left high school and I had self-funded it. I had no student debt, nothing. So here I was in a position at 20, able to go out and invest in other things, go and buy a jet ski or a car or, you know, invest in stocks and shares or whatever, or an investment property. I didn't do that. I bought a jet ski. Um, but I was in a position to do that, whereas a lot of my buddies had waited. They had spent their younger years just doing whatever. Um, and they didn't really have any money in the bank. And now they have the same license that I had, but they had a lot of student debt. So it's not, there are other ways and student debt isn't necessarily a super bad thing. Um, but if you are young, you have an opportunity to uh, spread that expense out into really achievable bite-sized chunks and be debt-free with an amazing, amazing skill set behind you. I think that that is the answer to one of, to your second question. It's the answer to one of the hardest elements of flying. And that is, I am putting so much money into this and you know, that's hard. It doesn't matter what you do. You know, it, it is hard to part with uh, those type of funds for something that's not tangible, such as a, a house or an investment of some form. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, I, I, so you touched on sort of, you know, a career, getting a cadetship with the, the idea of being a commercial pilot. And of course that's one thing that we can do or look at. I say we, like I'm a pilot. It's one thing <laughs> a, a, a pilot can do uh, to, turn their passion and love for flying into a career, but there must be more avenues than just flying for Qantas or American airlines, yeah. whoever it might be. Um, and, and, and I don't know, maybe fill us in a little bit on that because again, people watching at home or listening might be going, well, what else is there? How do I actually turn it into a money making thing? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Look, I, gosh, there are so many avenues in the aviation industry and I'm talking everything from, 
you know, if you want to make money, if you want to go out and, you know, you don't just have to be an airline pilot, you can go and own a flight school. You can be a flying instructor. You can go and fly. My brother puts out fires with aeroplanes. You can go and spray crops. You can go and fly helicopters around New York on scenic flights. Uh, you can do incredible, incredible things. So that's in the revenue kind of, you know, commercial world in the fun world. And as everyone has heard uh, in the intro about my story, I now lo- no longer fly uh, commercially due to my accident and spinal cord injury. I now own an aeroplane. He's affectionately known as Doug. Uh, he was built in 1952 and he is a Piper Super Cub. So it's a very well-known bush plane. It's got really big tires. It's got shocks on the landing gear. It flies really slow. And I can take off and land that in maybe a third of a football field a really, really short distance. So it's designed to do all sorts of off airport flying. Now, flying privately, you can fly everything from a little business jet privately to an aerobatic aeroplane that goes upside down. You can enter aerobatic competitions. You can fly bush flying. Uh, you can, here's a picture of uh, flying the helicopter. You can, you can jump in a helicopter and go fly for fun and fly to your local restaurant and land. You can do incredible <laughs> fly up and down the beach if you want to and look for sharks uh, if you're in, you know, in that area of the world. Um, what I'm saying is if you jump on YouTube, especially you will see worlds uh, uh, to explore just in the bush flying uh, side of aviation. You will see a guy who flies a powered parachute lands on a soccer field next to McDonald's so he can go and buy a cheeseburger. You'll see people who in aerobatic competitions end up flying air shows. You'll see people who simply gather uh, whether it's the world's biggest air show uh, in Wisconsin, 15,000 airplanes every year, whether it's a local pancake breakfast on a Saturday morning, like this here, a, a Piper Cub gathering where we all flew in our Piper Cubs at a friend's airstrip in Australia. And, you know, it just had a social aspect that revolved around aviation. It is honestly just unending. Getting your license is a ticket to explore the wide world of aviation as a pilot. You can explore it now without your license. You can start to learn about, all right, I really think that appeals to me landing on riverbeds and going fishing next to my airplane. Or I really think flying through the clouds and through bad weather and IFR flying A to B uh, is really important because it allows me to travel, you know, with my family and my friends. It is a world uh, to explore. So So good. I mean, that, that, Again, that I'm, I'm inspired. <laughs> you are getting your pilot's like You are going for your first lesson. Let's lock yeah. that in. <laughs> um, so, okay. So I, so this kind of, um, you've mentioned so many different types of things and there's such a range of almost, I would suggest um, personality fits. Um, and, and so when I was younger, a mate of mine, Crowey, his dad was a commercial pilot for Cathay Pacific. Yep. And I asked him, you know, oh, what's, you know, the secret to being a pilot? Um, and he said, uh, well, the best pilots are the ones that go unnoticed. You never, commercial pilots, you, you never have to think about them because there's never any risk. They're very risk averse. They're very measured. And, and that very much reflected Crowey's dad. He was very measured. He had these nice little pairs of glasses and he used to do this and just put yep. it up on his nose and very measured individual. However, I'm wondering whether you've mentioned aerobatics and uh, these bush planes and, you know, uh, being in the military, you know, and flying jets. Um, is it almost that people, again, listening, could, should take into account what kind of personality they have and that should also guide the direction that they move forward in, in terms of whether it's a career or even just passion within flying? 
Yeah, I, th- I think your personality will help determine that. And, and you find that, and again, as you mentioned it, the military is a whole nother different uh, avenue that you can go down in the world of flying and a super cool one at that. Yeah. Personality will determine where your interests fall, but it has to be personality partnered with experience. So you've got to make sure that you don't sit here on day one after your first trial instructional flight and decide that you're going to be a low level air show pilot. You know, you need to make sure that you're like, okay, let's work through this. Uh, let's explore all the different avenues and, you know, make sure we take baby steps, um, you know, to get to wherever we want to be. But if you are an adrenaline junkie, you will be able to scratch that itch. If you are a very, uh, risk averse, cautious human, and you might have a partner who's scared of flying or so on and so forth. There are so many avenues. I mean, the, the airplane I flew around the world had a parachute. The airplane had a parachute. You pull the handle and the airplane floats down to the ground if something goes wrong. So, you know, there are so many ways that you can cater for all personality types. You just have to get that experience and, and just take it, uh, you know, one step at a time. Yeah. The way you've described this just over this, this interview, this fireside just makes it like so palatable. And I mean, really it makes it seem quite simple. Um, I thought, Oh geez, we're going to have to talk for a long time to get to the root of this. But I feel like, and you know, this is the beauty of setting a goal and then actually looking into it, you know, how to move forward. It's not that complicated. And I I love that. And I'm going to ask a silly question because it's in my head, but um, (laughs) again, maybe this, I don't know, this will make people laugh at the very least, but perhaps it's interesting. Every time I'm on a plane, I think of a scenario where, and I'm sure you already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Pilot passes out. He doesn't die. Uh, he passes out. For some reason, they need a pilot. Cross the intercom. They're like, okay, does anyone know how to fly a plane? There mm. is nobody. So then they say, well, who wants to have a go? I would put my hand up for sure and go in and try and land this plane. What are the chances that I can land a commercial jets on a runway the situation the situation is definitely that both pilots had fish you know and, the, and that the fish was bad that's the deal ah, and that's why one always has to have chicken one has to have fish but um that is something that's been thought about a lot uh over the years from different pilots and everyone likes to think they could um i was lucky enough to jump in the corner simulators in australia as a reasonably experienced uh pilot who'd flown multi-engine light twins and I was able to jump in the 747 simulator, the airplane that I dreamed to fly uh, when I was a kid. And I could fly that airplane honestly quite well. Um, it was the same basic concepts of flight, you know, in a small two-seater applied to the large aircraft. I believe a level-headed human who could stay calm and look for the right buttons and do what, um, you know, they're being told from, you would need assistance from the ground. Uh, could do it. They say you could teach a monkey to fly if you have enough bananas. So I think you could be the right <laughs> monkey for the job. <laughs> I love it. So uh, hang on, that's amazing. So I am now going to tell people. I'm not even because I used to say I wonder whether I, I'm just going to tell people I can. I could. De- I could definitely do it. Yeah, that's what you need to tell people. I, I'm the bananas. guy for the job. Yeah, mate, that's awesome. Well, look, I uh, honestly, I I I do a lot of these firesides, and I'm very fortunate to you know be in the company of amazing people like yourself. So I, I I thank you so much for just sharing what you have, and I just think this is so incredible. And I I you know you think of flying, and you think of being up there, and the clouds, and a sunset, and all these marvelous things, and exploration around the world as you've done, and landing yeah. on the side of a riverbed and fishing next to a plane, which you've met. I mean, I've never even thought about that. Um, Maybe just as a, as a, as a, your last piece, 
yeah, because it's very clear what the advice is. It's just go and do it. Research, yeah. do it, work hard. Um, maybe the question I want to ask is just what does, just, just leave us with this. What does flying mean to you? What has it allowed you in your life from, you know, in any perspective that you choose to take the question? Okay. So flying for me has, has changed my life. It has determined the direction that my life has taken since I was very, very young. It has provided me the best moments from, I have seen the whole world, glaciers, deserts, oceans, islands, coral atolls popping out of the Pacific, 60,000 foot thunderstorms, icing on the aircraft. You know, I have seen uh, Sicily and Italy. I've seen Saudi Arabia and Oman from an airplane. I've met the Royals. I've you know published a book. I've done all these uh, things thanks to aviation, all really highs. Aviation after my accident also gave me the absolute worst. And it is the hardest, uh, the hardest time of my life has, has come from aviation out the other side of that, knowing how safe flying is. I jumped straight back in the airplane, straight out of my wheelchair, straight in the airplane. And I continue to fly. It is a part of my life. I cross paths with people all the time who are scared to fly. All right. So if you move, remove the financial aspect, which I think we've done, there's a lot of people who are scared to fly. I want you to think of it this way. And I always say to anyone who flies with me as a passenger, you've got to have a steer. You've got to rock the wings left and right, just like you did when you're a kid. For anyone who doesn't want to do it, I always say, I'm not going to let anything go wrong. But think of it this way. 75 years ago, let's just rough figure 75 years ago, that was around about the time in history where aviation, our ability to climb into a flying machine and take off and escape, you know, gravity in a way and see the world from a whole different perspective became accessible to the average man. 75 years ago, my grandparents are 80. You know, we are living in a time where we are so unbelievably lucky to be given aviation in the way that it is. And it's never been more accessible since social media and the internet really grabbed the world and, you know, kind of just has all this information for us. So it has changed my life. Uh, it is an amazing tool to teach responsibility and respect and patience and goal setting and all of that stuff. Uh, it is amazing for young kids uh, to be a part of aviation, especially learning. It teaches all sorts of you know, really good qualities at that point in life. Uh, it is just all around a positive experience don't fear the finance. Don't fear the flying. Just go and book in that first lesson, jump in a machine, go flying, go and network, go and find the communities that are everywhere for you. Just in your neighborhood, you know, your local airport, go and talk to people. Uh, aviation's a real big family and people will want to share it. So I'm excited for all the people to uh, watch this and go and do something. And I'm excited to hear from those people, honestly, who see this and then do something based off this fireside chat, including you. Oh, mate. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, what a way to wrap this up. And, and again, for anyone listening or watching, I'm going to put Ryan's details in uh, the, the show notes or what have you. And I'm sure you'd be more than open to, to helping people. Um, Please. Yeah. Send me an email. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, mate, thank you so much. Uh, you're a legend. Um, you know, we didn't even get into your story of circumnavigating the world and surviving a plane crash. And for another time in terms of just helping and passing on uh, what you know, uh, just stunning, stunning stuff, mate. Thank you. No, you're more than welcome. Appreciate it.